Thank you for listening to sermon podcasts from the Anglican Church Noosa. This is the fourth in our Easter series on 1 Peter, preached at Chewanton by Ray Albrecht. The passage is 1 Peter 3, 8 to 22, and the topic is real hope and goodness. So today we're going to do the next series, which uh, next part of the series, which is real hope and goodness. And uh, my question is then, so what is goodness? The Oxford Dictionary says of good and goodness as having the right qualities, virtue and excellence. While the Collins explain it as benevolence, friendliness, generosity, graciousness, kindness, mercy, integrity, etc., etc., but you get the picture, don't you? So I've often said to someone, and even here, you're a good person. And straight away I get the reply, there is only one who is good, referring to Jesus. Do you know when he said this? He said it to the rich young man wanting to know, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? That was a question he asked Jesus. And Jesus replied, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. That's taken from Matthew chapter 19, if you want to look it up. So it's not about a thing. Because he said, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Jesus was trying to tell him, it's not about a thing. It's about a person. It's about me. I'm good. So Jesus challenges this young man about keeping the commandments, which the young man says he's been keeping from his youth. You notice, if you read that passage in Matthew chapter 19, that Jesus didn't quote the first two about loving God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and loving your neighbour as yourself. He didn't go into that. Instead, he challenged the young man about showing acts of goodness by selling what he had and giving to the poor and having treasure in heaven and then following Jesus. Unfortunately, we read where the young man went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. What a sad story. We don't read of him later on that we know of, but we trust that maybe he turned his life around and followed Jesus. Jesus also made the statement in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through to 16, and he says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand And it gives light to everyone in the house. And he says, in the same way. Remember we said that a few times last week when it talked about the slaves and then we said wives in the same way and then to husbands in the same way. It's like Peter likes to have this little phrase because he likes us to go back and have a look at what the original was all about. But here... 
he said in this particular passage in Matthew, in the same way, Jesus says, let your light shine before others that they may see what? Your good works, your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So our good deeds or good things won't get us to heaven unless we have the one who is good living in us and through us, in our hearts and in our lives. Because how can you be good if you haven't got the one who is good living inside of you? Because the Bible says that all our good deeds done by ourselves are like filthy rags. That puts it down pretty plainly, doesn't it? So what about Psalm 23 and verse 6? I like this one. It says, Surely your goodness and love, talking about God himself, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's his promise to those who have known Jesus and know God and have the the life of Christ living through them to know that that goodness can overflow and knowing that that goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I have that hope, that eternal hope that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can a few of you say amen to that? That's good, I'm glad a few of you can. I wish all of you could. Then Psalm 31, 19 says, How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. So if you've taken refuge in Christ, then these good things are being stored up for you. Isn't that amazing? I think it is anyway. So in Romans 2, it also states that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. And so I found that in my life that that when I've seen God do some amazing things for me and my family, that it always takes me back to giving thanks to God and realising that he is the one that is doing the good deeds. So while writing to the church in Colossae, Paul prays, that you might live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So God is very concerned about us being good and showing goodness to those around us. So how is the goodness of God being shown today? Well, I believe it is shown through everyone who has turned to Christ for their salvation and it is his life living in us and through us, I've already said. So goodness is shown by being good. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Well, at least nod your head. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Last week we were exhorted in, in the previous chapter to live good lives among the pagans. And so he goes on to say, so they may see your good deeds and glorify God when he returns. So if you want to encourage people to trust God or or come to God, then show your goodness. 
be good to others and they will glorify God. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the talk of foolish people. And Peter also encourages the slaves of the day about suffering for doing good. That's not so exciting, is it? So we go back to our passage then. And uh, Peter, in this reading we had today, explains how that goodness can be demonstrated. So if you want to go back and open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3, then you might be able to just check to make sure I'm saying the right thing. So in verses 8 and 9, he says, finally. And when a preacher says this, we usually sit up and listen and say, thank goodness it's nearly over. Unless, of course, to someone like John Farnham or Elton John, who both had quite a few farewell concerts. But I'm not going to be like that. But back to Peter's finally. And there are seven things that he lists here about uh, what it is to be good. And it includes all of us. Number one, be of one mind. In other words, agree with me. Be of one mind. That'd be okay, wouldn't it? Die. (laughs) Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more. Number two, show compassion and be sympathetic for one another. Number three, love one another. And that was a final instruction from Jesus himself. This is about showing goodness, being good. Number four, be tender-hearted and compassionate. Number five, be courteous and humble. Number six, no retaliation. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Should I repeat that one? No retaliation. And number seven, which goes with that one, repay with a blessing so that you also may inherit a blessing. Now, I've, I, they're there, but I've put it in today's English so that I can understand it a bit better because I need to be preaching to me too. So all of these areas are ways in which we can be good and show God's goodness to people around about us. And it doesn't just say to Christians. Did you notice that? This is a lifestyle that God's people need to be showing to the rest of the world so that they might see our good deeds and come to know Christ as Saviour and Lord. And I believe that if we as a church and we as a people who know and love Jesus could demonstrate exactly what Jesus demonstrated, then we will be seen as being good and showing goodness. But we go on to say that goodness can come at a price. Because in Matthew chapter 5 verses 11 and 12, it says... Uh, and again Jesus speaking blessed are you when people insult you 
and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That's a bit difficult, isn't it? Especially when it says rejoice and be glad. And uh, a little while back I looked up this word rejoice and it basically means give a jig and click your heels and get excited because <laughs> people don't like you. Isn't that exciting? I'm being insulted. Hallelujah. <laughs> They're saying all false, false things about me. Hey, glory to God. <laughs> no. Yes. Because, you see, it comes back to an act of your will. It comes back to your relationship with Christ. And if I'm looking at me, I couldn't do that. But if I know that Christ lives in me, I can rejoice and get exceedingly glad because it's Christ who lives in me. And in that same passage in Matthew 5, it goes on to say, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. And some of us are still living that way, I know. <clears throat> but Jesus says, I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. So what did Jesus say on the cross? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Was he praying for his enemies? He was. Was he praying for us? He was. So Peter quotes from the Psalms in that passage that we read earlier on and to reinforce what he is saying. And if you want a long and prosperous life, then these are other areas that you need to show about being good or showing goodness. Watch your tongue. The Bible tells us in James that it's a little member, but it's like a little match that can start a bushfire. And we know about that here in our, country, in our country, don't we? So watch your tongue. Don't speak evil, tell lies or deceive. Number two, turn from evil and do good. Now how do you turn from evil? Basically that's it. It's the same word as repent. Turn from evil. You have a will. God gave you a free will. And you can choose whether you want to turn from evil or respond to it and react to it. And then number three, he says, to search for peace and maintain it. So he reminds us that the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayers but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. That's quite a statement, isn't it, that Peter makes in that scripture. But he also urges us to do good for Jesus even washed Peter and Judas's feet. Have you ever stopped to think about that? 
here at that last supper. And the Bible says Jesus knowing all things. So he knew about Peter. He knew about Judas before they even did what they went and did. And yet Jesus was prepared to put that towel around his waist, get a bowl of water and bend down and wash these filthy, dirty, smelly feet. Knowing full well what Peter was going to do and what Judas was going to do. Doing good, big challenge when it comes down to the nitty gritty. Are we up to it? Only if you have the life of Christ living in you and through you would you be able to even do anything quite like that. So even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you. And if anyone asks about the hope you have, the Bible says to answer with gentleness and respect. And when we speak of things like gentleness and meekness or respect, in English these words suggest weakness. But praoutis, the Greek word, and I don't know if I said that correct, but hey, any Greek people here, you'll excuse me. I'm doing my best. These words are derived from a condition of the heart and mind which demonstrate gentleness not in weakness but in power. These are virtues born in strength of character. So gentleness, meekness and respect comes from out of somebody who knows who they are in Christ, comes from out of that strength and knows that they can, they can act in that way without feeling like they're being overpowered and having to cower and become gentle and meek. It's nothing like that at all. It's because we can be, that we can be strong about being gentle, about being meek and having respect for others. So keeping a clear conscience and demonstrating good behaviour are Christ-like characters that need to be lived out, especially in today's climate. You might think that it is too much to aim for, especially when reminded of Jesus suffering prior to the cross. Even though Pilate declared three times, I find no fault in him, we look to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. And as it says in Hebrews, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Isn't that amazing? Whenever I read that, and it says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Why do you think Jesus could do that? I believe because Jesus, knowing all things, could see to this day, And to see the ones that know and love Jesus and have claimed Jesus as Lord and Saviour in their life, he could get excited about today. Endure the cross. 
despise the shame. But his reward, seated at the right hand of the Father. And as Paul urged Timothy, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So by demonstrating God's goodness by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us, by being good and doing good works shows several things. Mainly that we are children of God and want to show his kindness, love and compassion to a very needy world, to our neighbours. Also that together we can stand strong in the hope and promises of what the Bible says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 to 13, Paul writes, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. But no temptation or testing has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted or tested beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted or tested, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. What a great promise that is. And Romans 5, verses 3 to 5 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and character and character brings hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So keep in mind that Jesus said, as I read, that we are the light of the world. And some people appreciate the light and readily come to it. While others, the Bible says, Love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And if we look around us, even in today's world, within our own community, we're seeing and hearing that very thing occurring around us more and more. So where does this leave us then? Do we stop showing goodness for fear of rejection, misunderstanding, ridicule? Or no? Definitely not. For, I love this, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table before me, where? In the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Remember where that comes from? Psalm 23. I read it differently to what I've always read it. But when I came back to read it, after checking out these other things about being good and 
and how the Lord can watch over us even in the midst of ridicule and all that. I read the Lord, the, the Lord is my shepherd a little bit differently and recognised that he is there even though I walk through the darkest valley. I'll fear no evil for you are with me. So I finish off with this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And that is back in chapter 1, verses 3 to 5 of 1 Peter. So you're a good people when you let the goodness of God live in you and out of you. Amen. The Anglican Church Noosa is an evangelical Anglican church on the northern end of the Sunshine Coast, Queensland, Australia. Our vision is living to love and proclaim Jesus. Our core values are being Christ-centred, Bible-based, spirit-led and mission-shaped. If you have found this sermon helpful and would like to contribute to the ongoing ministry of ACN, please go to our website, anglicanchurchnoosa.org forward slash giving. Thank you for listening.